0: This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. We already know you guys like good stories. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads and browse their unmatched selection of audio programs. Download the one that grabs your attention for free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads to check it out. Now on to the show.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Riveting Reads podcast, where each season brings you a serialised version of thrilling news stories, along with exclusive bonus content from the author. This is Season 1, Insomnia, Book 1 of the Nightwalker series, by J.R. Johansson, narrated by Roy Samuelson. New episodes are posting weekly on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Stick around after today's chapter for some author insights into the writing process behind this chapter with Insomnia's author, J.R. Johansson.
0: Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and I'm here to give you a quick recap of episode 9, chapter 9 of Insomnia. At the beginning of this episode, Parker lies to the secretary of the high school in order to get a copy of Mia's class schedule. Parker thinks that Jeff, Mia's foster brother, sees him do it, but He's not sure. Parker finds Mia during lunch and makes eye contact with her, but he's dismayed when he realizes that, because of his erratic behavior, she thinks he's on drugs. With Mia's scheduled to help him, Parker successfully watches Mia's dreams several nights in a row. But when Finn confronts him about the fact that he's been following Mia around and acting like a stalker, Parker punches Finn. Stunned and hurt, Finn walks away, and Parker is left trying to justify what he had done. And that's it for your recap of Chapter 9. Stick around now for Chapter 10 of Insomnia. I hope you enjoy.
2: Insomnia. The Nightwalkers. Written by J.R. Johansson. Narrated by Roy Samuelson. 10. I had found ways to make eye contact with Mia over the weekend. But at school the next day, I kept missing her. When the final bell rang, I was trying not to think about the withdrawal that would hit me like a semi if I couldn't find her. Hauling back, I kicked the soccer ball as hard as I could. It flew a good ten feet over the goal and bounced up the grassy hill beyond. Just soccer practices had fallen to the bottom of my agenda, especially after what had happened with Finn. Practice sounded like a pain I didn't have the energy to deal with right now. Still, kicking the ball had always been the best way for me to work out my stress. So, here I was. Missing shots on the barely upright, unguarded goal at the empty park a few blocks from my house. Pathetic. Was there a stronger word than frustrated? Because I was way beyond that at the moment. I sat for a minute on the cold, dead grass as the sky above me began to darken. Whose dreams would I watch tonight? Clearly not Finn, and, oh please God, not my mom. I had had a little too much of her cocktail of real estate and worry in the past months. But a random stranger was too much risk. I had proven that many times. Pulling a handful of yellowing grass, I chucked it into the air, but it only floated for a moment before returning to the ground. Nowhere near the violent effect I had been going for. Look at me, just sad. Even my explosions of anger were pathetic. I heard a soft thud and looked up just in time to duck a soccer ball hurtling toward my face. My soccer ball. Oh, oops. At the sound of Mia's voice, my heart pounded so loud in my head that it crowded out all thought. Oops, I repeated. I thought you were supposed to be good. She dropped her own ball from under her arm and dribbled it back and forth toward me. Watching her feet snapped me out of my fog. My muscles flexed instinctively in response, and I got to my feet. I am good. I walked closer, mimicking her movements. With a swift, unexpected move, she swept her left leg wide and kicked the ball just out of my reach and into the goal behind me. She stared me in the eye and frowned. Maybe if you ever went to practice... I pivoted and ran to get both balls, tossing hers back. I stood behind mine. Direct eye contact from her sent my blood pumping. I needed a moment to catch my breath. Has Jeff been complaining? I closed my eyes and relaxed into my body, feeling my muscles ache to take over. When she answered, I opened my eyes to watch her. Not to me, but I overheard him talking in Coach Mahoney's office today. He wasn't exactly quiet... She kicked her ball off to the side with the toe of one shoe and motioned for me to bring mine closer. I see. I picked up my ball and tucked it under my right arm as I walked over. So what is it exactly? Too good to practice with your team, so you do it on your own? Her brow furrowed, but a smile curved the corner of her mouth. Yeah, I try not to mingle with the common people. I dropped the ball to the ground in front of me, but didn't touch it. Not yet. Not yet. I needed this moment to last. Makes sense? Mia nodded. Then her eyes turned cold. I heard you punched Finn, though. Your best friend? Not so cool, even for a celebrity like you. I felt the muscles in my jaw clench, and sparks of anger flared inside me. Instead of answering, I moved my attention to the ball, trying to work through the emotions before I said anything I'd regret. My muscles moved without thought, without orders, seamlessly working together to move the ball forward, left to right, right to left, front and pull back, then forward again. Mia's eyes watched and her mouth closed as she stopped talking and tried to keep up with my footwork. Back and forth, we moved in sync, and then I saw it, the brief flash of triumph in her eyes. She saw an opportunity, but so did I. I fainted to the left, and she took the bait. When she lunged for where she thought I was going, I flipped the ball around her to the right and into the goal. Mia studied me as I came back with the ball. Her arms folded across her chest. Her brow was lowered in confusion. You are good. Thanks. So are you. I know. Mia rubbed her hands up and down on her arms. The sun had set, and even I was getting cold. I just don't get you, Parker. One minute you seem cool, normal even. The next, you're acting all crazy. My defenses kicked in, and I felt angry. Again. Crazy. I was really starting to hate that word. Well, what do you want from me? An explanation? Because I don't have one. No. Her expression tightened, and she jogged over to pick up her ball. I want you to get over it. Accept the fact that I'm not interested. Leave me out of your mess. I wish. My laugh came out so cold and hard she flinched, and I wanted to take it back for an instant. Instead, I lowered my voice and finished. You are my mess. I'm really not. I'm not your anything. The sooner you accept that, the better. She took a few steps backward, her eyes guarded, before she sighed and turned away. Her fists were clenched by her sides as she walked out of the park. I resisted the urge to catch up with her and apologize. But what did I have to apologize for?
0: We'll dive right back into the story after this short break. This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. The audiobook I'd like to recommend this episode is Pivot Point by Casey West, someone I will be mentioning again later in the episode. Pivot Point is super interesting and brilliantly written. The main character, Addison Coleman, is a searcher. When given a choice, she is able to look into the future and see both outcomes. The story is told in alternating chapters, looking back and forth between the potential futures. It's extremely gripping because as the reader, you are given some clues in one of the futures that the Addison from the other future doesn't know and may need so you have information as a reader that the protagonist doesn't have and it makes for some very interesting storytelling and whether you decide to go with my recommendation of Pivot Point by Casey West or go with another audiobook of your choice you can get all set up by going to audibletrial.com forward slash riveting again that's audibletrial.com forward slash riveting to get your free audiobook Hope that was a nice breather for you, because we now continue with Chapter 10 of Insomnia.
2: The heavy clouds churning above Rush Beach made the sky dark long before sunset. Groups of students crowded around the bonfire, trying to keep warm. The air smelled rancid, like dirty fish in boiling water. After four full nights of amazing sleep, I felt great. I leaned back on my hands and stretched my legs. Damp from the wetness of the sand Water was seeping through my jeans But I didn't mind I didn't want to move closer to the fire yet I had a better view of everyone from here I hadn't planned to come Most of the team had been looking forward to this bonfire Since the assembly last week But I wouldn't even have shown up If I had seen Mia earlier in the day But I hadn't This was my last chance And it had already paid off Mia was standing back near the tree line, talking and laughing with Addie. I didn't realize how close they had become so quickly. Probably because Addie had stopped speaking to me a week ago, the day I had decked Finn. Addie caught my eye with a cold stare before turning her back on me. I picked up some sand and threw it as hard as I could. The wind cut it in two different streams before it fell back to the ground. Apologies weren't my strong suit. But I knew I needed to talk to Finn. Tell him I was sorry. I just didn't know how to explain the way I'd been acting. And telling him the truth wasn't an option. At least I still got occasional angry glares from Addie. Finn hadn't even looked my way all week. He was now standing next to the bonfire talking to Anna Connors and Jasmine Blackwell. Jasmine and Addie used to hang out all the time in junior high. She had more nightmares about drowning than I considered healthy. And I was kind of an expert. It was weird to see her on the beach. I wondered if anyone else noticed the nervous glances she kept throwing out at the water. The white letters on Finn's dark shirt glowed in the firelight. Cancel my subscription. I'm tired of your issues. I couldn't help but laugh, even though odds were pretty good that it was aimed at me. Lying back on the sand, I felt small amounts of it trickle down the neck of my shirt. The clouds above were moving so fast, it was almost hypnotic. Every once in a while, a star would peek through for a moment before its light was swarmed and choked out by the roiling mass. A few guys stood around a huge cooler of punch that was on a table to one side of the fire. I saw Matt and Leroy from the soccer team lift the lid and pour something in the top. I shook my head. No more punch for me. I had enough problems keeping my body and brain in check without any additives. Matt caught my eye and walked over. Swinging myself upright, I checked my watch out of habit. It was getting late, but it didn't matter. I knew whose dreams I wanted to watch, and I was going to make it happen. He sat down between me and the fire. We had been friendly at practice and games last season, but I wasn't here for conversation, and he was blocking my view. I picked up a jagged rock about the size of my fist and squeezed it for a moment. The rough edge dug into my palm a little, and I loosened my grip. Pulling it across the sand, I dug a crevice in the ground between us. We were divided. I was separated from everyone else. Couldn't he see that and just leave me alone? So what's up with you, man? Grabbing a handful of sand, he let it fall through his fingers, ruining my line. When half of it blew back into his face, I forced myself not to laugh. Meaning? You haven't been showing up to practice, and Jeff seems pissed. He turned to face me. And? Look, I just wanted to warn you. He says if you don't get it together before the season starts, he's going to talk to Coach Mahoney about replacing you. He looked out at the water and fidgeted. I just think you shouldn't be a co-captain if you don't even bother to show up. I watched him for a moment before leaning back to get a better view of Mia. You want my spot, Matt? Is that it? His face turned bright red, and I could see I had hit my mark. Screw you, Parker. I was just trying to help. He stood up and walked back to the fire. It wasn't that I didn't care about soccer. With the way my grades were falling, it had always been my best shot at getting into college, even though I had never really believed I'd live that long. Now, with Mia, there was a chance I could survive, even longer than I had hoped. And that possibility was so much more important than Matt wanting to take my place as a starter, that it was almost ridiculous to waste my time thinking about it. My gaze pulled back to Mia again and again. She was like a magnet. I was planning to stop her when she left, but the fear that she'd get away without making eye contact suffocated me. I couldn't approach her with Addie standing there, though. Addie's anger was hot enough to burn from a distance. I couldn't stand to feel it close up, especially since I had deserved it. I pulled my shoulders up tight and then released them trying to relax the tense knots in my neck as I pushed the guilt aside. I needed to focus on Mia. She wore a big jacket she'd probably borrowed from Jeff. I liked the way her small hands barely poked out from the long sleeves. If I hadn't been so drawn to her dreams, and if I ever decided to break my own rule about not getting anyone else caught up in my mess, I might have been interested for other reasons. As it stood, one reason for following her around at a time was plenty. I didn't realize I'd been staring at her for several minutes, until I caught Jeff's eye as he released one of the cheerleaders. He walked toward Mia, moving to block my view. Taking her hand, he tried to pull her toward the bonfire. She froze up and didn't move a step. I could see her legs trembling, and she shook her head violently. Addie laid a hand on Jeff's arm and smiled, said something in his ear and turned him back toward the fire. Jeff laughed, shrugged, and walked back alone. My arms started to hurt, and I realized I had kept digging the trench without realizing. It was now almost a foot deep. I dropped the rock, and the muscles in my hand ached. The stone gleamed red in the light from the bonfire. As I leaned back on my palms, pain shot through my hand, and I brought it closer. There was a shallow cut and a few reddish black drops of blood from gripping the jagged edge of the rock too tight. I had sliced up my palm and hadn't even noticed. The redness on the rock was my own blood. Rubbing my hands on my dark jeans, I tried in vain to get the sand and blood off. Why did this Mia thing have me so messed up? It was hard to believe it hadn't even been two weeks since I had first watched her dreams. Sometimes, I didn't even feel like the same person as before. If I had been smarter, I could have handled the whole thing differently, better. But it had caught me completely off guard. I glanced back just in time to see Mia waving at Addie and moving toward the parking lot. Jumping to my feet, I ran to cut her off. I only needed a minute, one glance, and then I'd let her go. I skidded to a stop in front of her my feet tingly and raw as I realized I had left my shoes back on the beach. Mia jumped away and gave a little squeak before glaring at me. What on earth is wrong with you? Sorry, I- My mind went blank. Seriously, if it weren't for Addie telling me you were really a good guy who was just acting weird lately, I'd wonder if I should report you to someone. She laughed a little, but there was a hard edge behind her voice I hadn't heard there before. I'd have to thank Addie for defending me, assuming she would ever speak to me again. And even though a very strong argument could be made these days for having me checked in for a psychological evaluation. I wasn't really ready for that yet. I put my hands on my knees and feigned panting, trying to buy time to figure out what to say. Look, I'm flattered, really. Mia's voice was a little softer when she spoke again. I mean, you're really cute, but... Let's be honest, you keep showing up everywhere I go, and the way you act, you're really starting to freak me out. I finally stood up straight. What? Come on, Parker, do you really think I don't notice you staring at me? The way you came by my house to talk to Jeff last weekend? Am I supposed to believe you didn't know he was at a meeting with Coach Mahoney? A meeting, Jeff told me, by the way, that you were supposed to be at? Seriously? She shuffled her feet and looked away. And just now, I thought you were going to bore a hole through my head back on the beach. I'm sorry. I just really like your... Your eyes? I had meant it to come out as a statement, not a question. I wanted to kick myself. She stared at me, unblinking. My eyes? Yeah, you have pretty eyes. Mia flushed and looked over my shoulder. Well, I mean... Thank you, but... My mind grasped for something, anything, to say in the awkward stillness. So, uh, I heard you paint. The moment it slipped out, I recognized my mistake. Her dreams were the only reason I knew about her painting. I really hoped it connected to reality somehow. Her gaze turned cold. You heard wrong. She shook her head and looked away again. I don't paint anymore. She focused on something behind me, and her eyes widened. Her voice was so low, I could barely hear it when she spoke. "Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh? What? I asked, just before Thor grabbed my shoulder and pinned me against a nearby pine tree. Hello to you, too. I focused my eyes on his neck as I struggled against his grip. I didn't know why he was involved in this, but since Jeff was the only person he didn't seem to hate, I guess it made sense. Jeff stood next to Thor, arms folded across his chest. Let him go. Jeff sighed and pulled Thor's shoulder until he released me. He seemed irritated, but nothing compared to the anger radiating from his buddy. Seriously, Parker, what's going on here? My shoulder hurt where it had been scratched against the rough tree bark. What do you mean? What's his problem? I nodded my head toward Thor and he growled. Jeff stepped forward and pulled me a few steps farther away from the small crowd that was gathering nearby to watch us. He ducked his head, forcing me to meet his eyes. I thrust my hands in my pockets, mostly to keep myself from strangling him. Look, can't you see you're scaring her? You need to lay off, man. I think everyone is a little tired of the way you've been acting lately. His eyes flashed, but he kept his voice low. I could see another emotion in them, something darker. But it was gone before I could place it. Jeff, it's not that big of a deal, and I can take care of myself. Mia's voice came from behind him. I looked for her, but found Addie first. She'd never looked at me like this before, and the disgust in her eyes hurt me. With her gaze on me, it was hard to remember to breathe. Shaking her head, Addie turned and stomped back toward the fire. It took me a second to remember to look for Mia. Mia. I met her eyes for one life-saving instant before she looked away. Jeff waved his hand at her. Go home, Mia. Fine, I was leaving anyway. Mia huffed. Not that anyone cares about my opinion, but I wish all of you would leave me alone. She walked away. I'd have to leave soon to avoid eye contact with anyone else. The anticipation of another night of Mia's dreams was sweet, and I was desperate not to lose it. For a moment, no one spoke. Jeff shrugged and watched Mia's truck pull out of the parking lot. I kept my eyes carefully trained on the ground. The small crowd at the edge of the beach was getting larger, watching us in silence. When I saw that Finn had joined them, I decided to try and smooth things over with Jeff. Besides, Thor could probably break most trees in half. Who wants trouble with someone like that? I didn't mean to cause a problem, man. It was a misunderstanding. I stared at a spot just to the side of Jeff's eyes and shrugged. No worries, he said, loud enough for everyone to hear. As Thor walked away, Jeff gave me a lopsided grin, flopped one arm across my shoulders and whispered in my ear, just chill it, okay? Then he released me and jogged back toward the fire. The others followed Jeff. Before he was even halfway back to the bonfire, His arms were around two giggling girls, and he was joking loudly with Matt. Finn was the only one who didn't move. He stood staring at the ground, and I waited. I was rooted in place, torn between missing him and my overwhelming desire to bolt from the parking lot before Finn could look up and ruin my chance to sleep tonight. But he never raised his eyes. After a few seconds of awkward silence, he just turned and walked back toward the fire. I hated myself a little for feeling relieved. I started back for my shoes, but froze when I noticed the same leather jacket guy, the one who was blocking my view in the parking lot the other day. He was wading up to his ankles in the edge of the water. Totally insane. It had to be ice cold. I wondered, who was that crazy? But it was too dark to make out his face. He turned, and my skin prickled. In the darkness, I could feel his eyes on me. Thor stoked the fire with a long stick. Several big sparks soared up in the air and pulled my attention away. The jacket guy didn't move from the water, but he watched me while I grabbed my shoes and walked to the parking lot until I was out of sight.
1: Thanks for listening to the Riveting Reads Podcast, Season 1, Insomnia. New podcast episodes will be available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're not the patient type and want the full book now, you can find the audiobook on Audible Podcasts or the paperback version on Amazon. Stick around for some author insights from J.R. Johansson about the chapter featured in this episode.
0: Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and welcome to the authorly insights section on chapter 10. This bonfire scene has so many of our central characters all in one place. It gave me a great way to show how divided Parker was from everyone that he cares about. Just like he was physically drawing that line in the sand between him and Matt from the soccer team, he has emotionally separated himself from everyone who cares about him. If this same scene had happened only a few weeks before, then Parker would have been much more tired, yes, but he would have probably been happier, and he would have spent the entire time with Addie and Finn. So much has changed for him since he met Mia. For better and for worse, Parker's life is upside down, and he may never be the same. So many people come in and out of our lives, but there are a few crossroads people who change your lives completely and forever. Mia is one of those people for Parker. We'll have to wait and see whether she ends up changing his life for better or worse. At this point, it looks like it will be up to him to decide that. One of my crossroads people in my life was my fellow author, Casey West. You may know her uh, from her books because she's amazing, or from the intro episode of Riveting Reads. She interviewed me on that episode. I met Casey online first and then in person at a writer's retreat, and she's become one of my best friends in the world. We've been extremely close for a decade now and been on this entire writing journey together. She has helped me through ups and downs of the entire thing. But not only has my life been better and different because of meeting her, but my writing is different and better because of meeting her. My path wouldn't be the same without her. So tell me about one of your crossroads, people. How did they change your path? Send me a message at Johansson on Instagram or Twitter. And that's it for the authorly insight section on chapter 10. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe through your podcast app. See you next episode. Bye.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Riveting Reads please check out details for our reader appreciation program in the podcast notes or on rivetingreadspodcast.com. Also, a reminder that we're still a new podcast and we would love to hear from you. Please subscribe as well as rating and reviewing in your podcast app. Thanks, and we'll see you in a few days for the next episode.